What is going on, guys? It is holiday. Welcome into the very first episode of Let's Be Real. Uh, so, little backstory on me, so you know a little bit about me. I used to have a podcast uh, called Real Underrated, and it was me and my buddy Tim, but he no longer wants to do the podcast. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do my own podcast where I get to do it all by myself and every once in a while bring in a guest to talk about movies and, you know, movies and TV shows and series and uh, everything like that. Uh, today, I do have a few things to talk about. Uh, one being I finally saw Shang-Chi, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. I usually see uh, especially Marvel movies, but superhero movies in general, big spectacle movies in the theater and I like watching them in the theater because it is an experience. You're not just sitting down on the couch and watching another movie. You are going out of your house and you're going to sit among people who also want to watch the same thing as you, who are excited to watch the same thing as you. And uh, a movie like Shang-Chi that somewhat, I mean, this movie not so much, but other Marvel movies kind of tie into the rest of the overall story. And, you know, it's a fun time. I didn't do that with this movie. And I'm not going to say I regret it. Um, I watched it. I, I do have an 85-inch TV in my living room. I watched it on that. And most of it was pretty enjoyable. Um, so let's start with what I liked. And then I'll talk about what I didn't like about this movie. So first off... Uh, the uh, the main actor I I'm gonna butcher all these names besides Aquafina that one's pretty easy but uh, Simu Simu Liu uh, the main actor who played uh, Shang Chi I thought he was good um, he didn't wow me but I thought he was uh, a good pick for the character now I don't have I never read any of his comics so I don't have a frame of reference to how the character is supposed to be. But his on-screen presence didn't annoy me, so that's always a good, uh, good starting, uh, good starting point for any hero. Uh, now, Aquafina, on the other hand, I cannot stand Aquafina. There's something about her that just annoys me, and uh, at least I'm not the only one. But I, I just don't like her. And in this movie, she's okay. You know, she's not overly annoying. She's not super quippy, which is nice. Um, she was very toned down, and one thing that I can say I loved about this movie is that there wasn't a forced love story in this movie. Now, it does seem like they got together at the end of the movie, you know, just how they were talking about their adventure to their friends, but, you know, it's, it's not really implied, but it just feels like uh, they got to that point in the relationship, but they are just friends, which is super refreshing uh, to see especially in a Marvel movie. There's there's always a little bit of love in there. I mean, they <laughs> this is a company that tried to force a relationship between Black Widow and Hulk, and it, God, was that cringy. Age of Ultron is a movie, for the most part, I want to forget about. And yeah, the, the sun's getting real low, big guy. That, that shit was cringe city. But in this movie, it was a nice non-love story. Uh, the action set pieces were really, really cool um, through the first two-thirds of this movie. There's a uh, fight on a bus that was really well choreographed. 
um, props to whoever <laughs> set that up. Uh, I, th- I thought it was done really well. And uh, we are going to talk about spoilers in this. So if you haven't seen this or if you care, um, I am going to talk about spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Ben Kingsley's in this movie. <laughs> I was very surprised uh, to see his character Trevor from Iron Man 3 make a return, especially considering uh, he was the focal point on the bad in Iron Man 3. Uh, he wasn't the problem in that movie, and for some reason he gets all the fire. They're like, oh, that was bullshit. Uh, the Guy Ritchie thing was terrible. That... Um, Sorry, Guy Ritchie. Guy Pierce. I, there's two dudes named Guy in Hollywood, and I can't freaking remember their names for the life of me to to not get their, their projects mixed up. But Guy Pierce being revealed as, quote-unquote, the Mandarin, horrible reveal, especially when he says, I am the Mandarin, and then immediately gets smacked into a big flame and supposedly dies. It just, that that part sucked. But Ben Kingsley being in this movie, um, you know, to serve a little bit of comic relief instead of Aquafina was super nice. Uh, I really liked him in this. I hope to see him uh, in future projects and someone as great as Ben Kingsley, or sorry, Sir, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley being in this uh, was, was quite nice. Um, everyone else was pretty serviceable overall there was no in my opinion standout like wow look how awesome that guy is besides of course our our favorite Wong um Wong can do no wrong he's just he's awesome I mean there's no if and or buts about it he's just a great character um I I don't know anybody that doesn't like Wong I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like that's the fucking Marvel character I hate the most I don't know him so we're good. Wong is a good character. Um, they did bring back uh, Abomination from The Incredible Hulk, which was surprising. Again, another surprising move by Marvel. Uh, now, they did show him in the trailers, and he does have a redesign compared to what he looked like in The Incredible Hulk. So I don't know if they're directly pulling from that continuity. Um, but, I mean, General Ross has been a part of the MCU. So I guess that movie happened and Edward Norton morphed into Mark Ruffalo. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, heck, Rhodey went from being very light black to being a very black man, you know? So anything's possible in the MCU. Uh, overall, it's an okay movie. Uh, I put this in line. This, this has the same issue that I had with Black Panther. That last, that what's supposed to be the spectacle, what's supposed to be like the triumph of the hero is just so CGI ridiculousness. Now, this one doesn't look as bad as Black Panther. Black Panther, uh, when they're fighting on the train, uh, the, the railroad tracks or whatever underground, uh, the electromagnetic railroad, you know what I'm talking about if you've seen Black Panther, where literally everything is CGI for most of that fight until their, uh, their suits come off and you actually see the actors. Almost everything is CGI and it just looks bad. It looked, it, it wasn't as bad as the CGI from the Power Rangers movie, but it's, 
It's bad. Uh, this one has that same kind of vibe at the end of it. But my biggest issue is that while the whole movie kind of sets up as his, his dad is the main bad guy, which I enjoyed, I liked that, uh, it showed that his dad was basically being deceived by this fucking dragon. <laughs> and it really weirded me out because there's a movie that does this better and it's in the DCEU in Shazam where you have the seven deadly sins kind of drawing in Mark Strong to, you know, take up the mantle to set them free. Uh, this same thing is happening in Shang-Chi. He uh, wears the 10 rings all the time because his wife died because he, in his mind, because he took off the rings and people came and challenged his power and killed his wife when he wasn't home. So now he wears the 10 rings and has basically gone crazy. And this dragon's like, free me. I'm your wife. Free me. And he's, he's like, oh, my wife's definitely behind this door. And everyone's like, no, dude, there's a fucking dragon behind that door. And he's like, nah, it's my wife. Don't worry about this, guys. I got this. Um, so I really thought the the final fight, because his dad treated him like shit uh, throughout his entire childhood, him and his sister, that uh, you'd have a showdown between him and his dad. And you do for a bit. And then for whatever reason, it is just good dragon versus bad dragon with a little bit of sprinkling of Shang-Chi and then just a real big draw. And I knew it was going to happen, but with Aquafina, she had no skills, right? Like the whole movie shows, ah, oh, look, she's not doing anything with her life. When is she going to get married? When is she going to do, you know, go to school, you know, whatever, have some kind of skill. It shows the entire movie that she has no skill. And when they get to um, Shang-Chi's mother's village that's hidden in the world, uh, she's not really allowed to do anything but try to be an archer. And then you see her make a couple of shots, and she's like, look, I can do something good. And we're all like, oh, shit, that's going to play into the movie later on. And that's exactly what happened. It was very formulaic. And... Uh, as the dragon, the evil dragon that came out, it is a soul eater, um, which in concept was cool. It didn't look visually pleasing. It was literally just like an orb of light being sucked out of people. Um, as the bad dragon is literally about to kill the good dragon, here comes a single arrow to the throat of the bad dragon. And who shot that arrow? You guessed it, Aquafina. And I was like, come on. Come on. It was just so much CGI. And this bad guy, there was no stakes with this bad guy. Besides the fact that the bad, you know, that this dragon gets out, all of humanity is dead because he's going to eat everyone's souls. But Shang-Chi, or Sean as they call him in the movie, um, Sean has no personal connection to this dragon. Where as if his dad was the main bad guy, he's like, oh, my dad's a bad guy. My dad's treated me like shit my whole life. Let me show my dad up. I think would have been a much better storyline and would have been more in line. And don't get me wrong, I know this is out there and so are the other MCU movies, but I don't know. Like, I can accept the space dragons, like the Chitari coming down and having like those giant lizard space dragons. Those make sense to me because they're aliens. 
but these are like legit dragons that have just been here forever. And I was like, okay, so now we just have to accept that there's fucking dragons on earth. That's fine. Um, I also wasn't a huge fan of the dragon's design because it, I know this sounds really shitty, but it wasn't an Americanized dragon. It was a very Asian dragon. So if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this, it looked like Shenron from fucking Dragon Ball Z. It was a very skinny snake like dragon that could just kind of like float through the air. So it just came off very cartoony to me. And I understand for anyone complaining, these are based on comic books, but every movie leading up to this had nothing of this nature. So it was just very off putting to me, especially if, if that main dragon lives and becomes part of it, is it going to be like never ending story? Is he going to fucking ride that dragon into battle? I don't think so. So this is just a one-off dragon that happened. And then that's it. <laughs> so I don't know where it can go up from this. Um, it's kind of like I'm excited for Doctor Strange 2 because they're diving into the multiverse. Because Doctor Strange 1 is one of my more favorite... My more favorite? It, it's on my favorites list for MCU movies. But the big bad being Dormammu a world eater. I was like, where do they go up from this? You already put the stakes at like the fucking top. So you can't make a smaller movie after this. The The sequel always has to be bigger. It's got to go, you know, go bigger, go home kind of thing. So same thing here with Shang-Chi. I'm like, where, where do they go after this? Is this just going to be a one-off movie or is this going to be a series? I'm assuming every superhero is going to get at least uh, two movies, you know, but I don't know because it's Marvel. They might have made this movie and then go, you know what? This makes, uh, there's a lot of lore and backstory in this. So let's, let's make a series next. So who, who knows? I have no idea. What do you guys think? Um, but that leads me to my next point. We have 12 days from today. So today is Friday, December 3rd. It is 11 o'clock at night, so we have 13 to 12 days, whatever you want to count, for Spider-Man No Way Home. And I am so ready for this movie to disappoint the hell out of me. I hope it doesn't, obviously. Who wants to go to the movies and be disappointed? Uh, but this will be, if I'm not mistaken, this will be my first movie post-pandemic. Or, you know, whatever. We're in the middle of whatever. <laughs> Since everything shut down originally, this is my first movie back in theaters. So I'm excited for it because I do like Tom Holland. But with all of the rumors and leaks and everything that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in the movie. And then now Charlie Cox apparently is going to be in there as Daredevil. Just a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, did we not learn our, our mistakes from Spider-Man 3 or The Amazing Spider-Man 2 to not pack these movies full of people. Like, they're like, oh, but we're going to have just as many good guys as we have bad guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm honestly, I'm on the side of the fence. I'm hoping for a Ralph Boner type joke. Honestly. I, I almost hope that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are not in the movie 
just a just a big f you to all the fans that have been theorizing um because these fans man they they are getting out there with their theories do you not remember when we were watching WandaVision and like four episodes in people are like it's Mephisto 100% oh it's going to be this oh it's going to be that they do that with every single new movie every single new series it's this they must be right I'm like, you guys are not professional writers. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, your guess is literally as good as mine, and my guess is dog shit. So I'm excited to see it, but I'm I'm very, very worried. Um, but speaking of that, I do like Jamie Foxx's new design. I think it's way better than the blue, you know, glowy from the inside ball sack that he had. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, I do like people that break down the trailers and they spot actual things like physical evidence. And they're like, hey, look at this. That's cool. Um, like one of the things being uh, either this Doc Ock is from a different universe than the ones we saw in the Spider-Man movies with the Tobey uh, Tobe Maguire Spider-Man movies. Because in some shots in the trailer, he has Stark tech on his arms. Or the other thing being that um, sensing danger, uh, Tom Holland, I was going to say Toby Moore, uh, Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man suit starts trying to take over the arms so they are no longer a threat to Peter Parker. And either one of those would be really fucking cool. But I can't wait to see the movie for that kind of thing, like that kind of reveal, like, okay, what is going on with the stuff that we've been shown? Uh, Green Goblin, I cannot wait. Willem Dafoe is one of the most comic booky type of actors. He's very outlandish. Uh, if you guys don't know, which you probably don't, because if you're just watching this pot or listening to this podcast and you haven't heard any of my other podcasts, Tobey Maguire is my favorite Spider-Man. And I understand why he is. He's not the best Peter Parker. He's not the best Spider-Man. His movies are not the best Spider-Man movies, but he was the first. And I just roll with that because they're so close together. All three of them. No matter what you say, there are redeeming qualities of every single Spider-Man movie. Not saying they're all great because they're not, but I think best Peter Parker. It's got to go to Tom Holland. Personally. Best Spider-Man. Like with the quippiness and everything. And the way he looks in the suit. I'm going to go with Andrew Garfield. But I think Andrew Garfield is also the worst Peter Parker. Because no way that dude's a geek. He's just too cool for school. Right? Like, that's the vibe he gives off. Um, also, he's the one that should definitely be caught as Spider-Man. Because in the first movie, in The Amazing Spider-Man, after he gets his powers, he throws a football and bends an upright. Like, how did no one put two and two together like that? That's fucking Spider-Man. He threw an air-filled ball and bent a metal pole. 
and nobody said anything. <laughs> Everyone just accepted like, ha Um, but yeah, he, he was way too cool for school. Now I think out of the love interest, Emma Stone was probably my favorite, but that's also very biased because I think Emma Stone's awesome. Um, I used to like Kirsten Dunst and I've fallen out of love with Kirsten Dunst. Now she does have the best kiss scene of any of the Spider-Man, the upside down in the rain, in the alley, nipples pointing out. She has the best kiss scene <laughs> hands down. Um, and as the, as the movie is what's, what's nice and what's definitely refreshing about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies is that they were wholly their own thing. So the amazing Spider-Man was trying to set up something else, right? You have the amazing Spider-Man that they weren't trying to set up too much, but the amazing Spider-Man too, they were trying so hard to shoehorn in the sinister six and it just didn't work. And their green goblin was fucking terrible. Dane Dehan is a fine actor. I thought he was great and lawless. Um, even though I don't like Chronicle, I thought he was good in it. And in this, he is just the most cringy Harry Osborn. And we're just supposed to believe that they're friends. And I know I'm jumping around from movie to movie, but keep up with me, would you? He just isn't believable that he was ever Peter Parker's friend. Uh, they're just super awkward. And then they're skipping stones. It's just, it's really bad. His suit, however, and the way he looked, I thought was interesting. I didn't think looked terrible. Because a lot of people didn't like Willem Dafoe's suit as a Green Goblin because the face was a mask. It was a like a hard... I'm a presumably metal in the universe, but, you know, plastic mask that hit his face where his face is supposed to deform and look like that. Uh, I don't know if you know that. That movie came out in like 2002. It's old as shit. Can you imagine a CGI face? It just unnecessary. Some of those CGI shots of him flying don't look that great today. Or how about when he throws the bomb that just disintegrates people into skeletons? Doesn't look that great. But those movies didn't try to set up anything. And they feel like they are their own universe. Right? It has its own rules. And that's that's 100% to do with Sam Raimi. If you've ever seen a Sam Raimi movie, it is distinctly Sam Raimi. In fact, fun fact that I didn't know about until recently um two things actually one that Bruce Campbell was supposed to be Mysterio for the fourth Spider-Man movie they took that away from me the studios did Sony thank you you pieces of crap by putting their meddling hands in Spider-Man 3 because we all know Sam Raimi did not want multiple villains in the movie. One of them was shoehorned in. I, I believe it was Venom. Um, I believe he wanted Sandman and Harry, but not Venom. And I think he could have really made a cohesive story had been, you know, had he been left to his own devices. 
Um, that didn't happen, and we got the emo dancing scene and uh, the montage. So, yeah, didn't work out. But that was one of the fun facts that I learned that he was supposed to be Mysterio, who was my favorite Spider-Man villain. So that would have been great because Bruce Campbell is great. But redemption, we got Jake Gyllenhaal later, and he did okay, and I really... I've been crossing my fingers. I'm like, I hope he's not dead. I hope that was also an illusion because he got the glasses. Maybe he told the glasses to not tell Peter if he was actually dead. Who knows? The guy is an illusionist and he's awesome. The second thing is, when is the last time you saw the first Spider-Man movie? Do you notice something about his college professor? Because I never put two and two together. That that man would eventually go on to be the lizard. (laughs) How did I not catch that? He literally is missing a fucking arm. You know, sometimes I just watch movies. And I enjoy them for what they are. And I never, never deep dive. Unless I watch the movie. You know, I'll watch a movie... If I really enjoy a movie and it has uh, a rewatchability to it, like it's not a, uh, a thriller or, uh, you know, if it's not a horror movie, it's not something that's going to be like a drain on me to watch again. I will watch multiple, multiple times. And I like to pick up on things on my own. But I'm not, my brain is not going, let's look for shit. But sometimes it happens when you watch a movie 20 times that 20th time, you're probably going to catch something you didn't catch the first 19 times. So I'm late to the party (laughs) about 20 years late, uh, to catching stuff like that. But it is neat to, uh, to see that kind of stuff when it was blatantly obvious. They, they did that on purpose. And I still was like, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. I am curious, though, who is going to be part of the Sinister Six. Because we have four right now. So we're missing two. No, do we have five? We have Doc Ock, Sandman, Green Goblin, Electro, and Lizard. We have five. So who's going to be number six? Vulture coming back? Is Mysterio coming back? Did Mysterio make this one big illusion? And that's the Ralph Boner moment. (laughs) It's just Mysterio part two. God, how funny would that be? How funny would that be for everyone in the audience? Because I would laugh so hard if they just said, oh, yeah, those are are fake. (laughs) Like it was never revealed. J. Jonah Jameson never came on the TV screen. That's just something Mephisto, or Mephisto, that Mysterio did. That would be funny. Anyway, I don't have much left to talk about. Um, I know I'm excited for movie movie going this next year anyway. I don't know what the fuck I just said right there. Movie going? <laughs> I'm excited to get back in the theaters in two weeks. And then uh, a few weeks after that, 
Actually, is it the next week? Yeah, I think it's the very following week we have Matrix Resurrections. Not Resurrection. Is it Resurrection? Yeah, it's Resurrections because, it, yeah, Revelations is the third. Okay, yeah, so we have the fourth Matrix movie right after that. And so far with the two previews that I've seen, I don't know anything about the movie. So I am hyped to the max. I'm just hoping that the right Wachowski is directing the movie because it's not the siblings together. It's just one. One of the siblings said, the story arc has completed. The other one goes, hold on a fucking minute. So only one of the sisters is actually going to be doing this. Um, it looks good. Uh, don't have any major complaints besides the fact that Lawrence Fishburne is not in the movie, apparently. And, you know, as soon as the, the trailer came out, people were like, oh, they're just, they're teasing us. I'm like, dude, not everyone is Marvel. Okay, some people just show you what you need to see so you know who is in the movie, and that's it. There's no, oh, he's actually in the movie, but just later, so we didn't show him in the trailer. No, dude, it's he might not be in the movie. He could be, probably not. Just accept it. There's a new person pro uh, possibly playing the same character, Morpheus. Looks a lot like him. Wears the same glasses. Wears the same trench coat is black and bald. It's probably him, just younger version. So I am excited for that as well. There's a few other projects out there. Like right now, uh, I have seen the first episode of Hawkeye. I'm not crazy impressed by it. I know this is like, God, this, this first episode just sounds super negative. I'm not super excited for the show so far because the first episode... I, and I really like Haley Steinfeld, but the first episode just feels like a lot of nothing. It is very cool that they showed what she saw as a small child looking out her window uh, in 2012 with the Battle of New York. And she saw Hawkeye, uh, one, save her life, and two, jump off of a building, shoot his last arrow that had like a grapple on it and go through the window a uh, few floors below. Below. <laughs> I can't speak tonight. It is very late, and uh, I just had a few thoughts, so I thought I'd put them out there. Uh, what else is coming out? Uh, I'm excited for The Boys Season 3. I'm ready for it. I've been ready for it. Let's fucking get it done. Like, when is that shit coming out? I, actually, let me look up the uh, the release date on that. The Boys Season 3 release date. Okay, I knew that. It says The Boys Season 3 is not coming to Amazon December 2021. Thank you. Thank you. When is it, when is it actually coming out? We don't know. <laughs> Great. Okay, so whenever that does come out, I am super hyped for that. If you haven't seen The Boys and you like superheroes but what superheroes would be like like IRL kind of pieces of shit and you're really into gore <laughs> because there are some brutal killings in this series one involving a whale that shit was wild <laughs> then you have to check out the boys so most of you guys if you're listening to this kind of podcast you probably watch the boys but 
If you haven't, please go check it out. If you have Amazon Prime, you need to watch The Boys. Either way, this thing is running on 32 minutes as of right now. So I think it's a good place to end. What I want to do is do a weekly podcast if I can. If not, you know, bi-weekly is nice. I'm just talking about movies and TV shows and series. And I'm not great. Excuse me. I'm not great at talking on my own. Um, Right now, I'm literally just staring at my iPad screen, watching the waveforms go by as I'm speaking. And, uh, you know, it's nice, but it's so much nicer to have a reaction of someone sitting across the table from you and you're having a conversation. So look forward to that in the future because it will be happening. And, uh, yeah, I will see you guys on the next episode.